Hey there, Knicks fans. How are you? It is your boy, Jonathan Macri, with you for another episode of the Knicks Film School Podcast. We have made it almost the entire length of the season. And not once, not one blessed time, have we had the man that is responsible for this whole operation on to talk about an actual game. So we thought, what the hell, let's switch it up. So I am going to welcome him to his own podcast. <laughs> and that is your friend, our friend, um, Jeffrey Ballone. Jeffrey, how are you, man? Well, I was waiting for a win, so it just took us this long to have a win to talk about. <laughs> so are you going gonna to lie and say that you were always waiting on deck and every time I had you lined up? Um, yeah, no, it just means we're at the bottom of the barrel for guests, right? It's like, <laughs> all right, there's nobody left, so I guess that means I got to come in. I got to suit up. Um, oh, God. Here we you got to suit up like uh, I'm trying to think. No, I, I was going to make a comparison to a Knicks player, but their their last man standing has probably suited up 40 or 50 games ago. I don't even know who that would be. Yeah. Well, you know what's crazy is, and it's again, it shows you how – you know, all the NBA I watch, I just really never get to watch college basketball. But my friend is a huge UVA fan, who obviously they're now in the Final Four. Sure. But they had their equipment manager. Like, I guess the way it works is, like, their equipment manager technically gets into some games. Like, I don't ah. know if that happened in a tournament, obviously. But, like, during a regular season, the there he'd be, like, out on the court, like, taking a random shot. So... I guess that's the the level we've reached here is the the equipment managers coming in. I mean, I guess um, I would trust Bushler or Royal Ivy. Um, probably Bushler could probably hit a shot still, and Ivy. I, I well, it's I say it half jokingly. He could probably play better defense than a couple other guys on this team. Um, but tonight we, we should try to keep it mostly positive because the Knicks did get a win tonight. Um, they beat the Bulls for, for anybody who did not actually see this game. Um, the Knicks had, uh, briefly their biggest lead of the season. Um, it got up to 28 in the first half and then, um, the Bulls kind of chipped away, chipped away. What did it get to? It get to five, I think. Like five, yeah, the, I think five, yeah. Five in the fourth quarter and then, um... The Knicks, the Knicks pulled away, and if you if you turned on the game only in the fourth quarter, you would have thought that Emmanuel Mudiay was the MVP of this game, um, which is why <laughs> it pays to watch. Complaining, <laughs> you know, and it's funny. I said it on the on my Periscope. I said I am going to say something critical about Emmanuel Mudiay after this game. We'll get to him, I guess, in a second, and there will be people who will come in and say that I am a hater for doing so. Um, you can't win, I guess. So, uh, well, let's start with this. What, what did you? Are you still in the stage where you're watching this game against? I mean, to call them a glorified G League team is probably um, too big of a compliment in terms of the, the Bulls. Um, they, I mean, everybody's injured. Is there, is there anything that we could take away from from wins at this point? Still, like a game like tonight. 
I mean, I guess I could give you the, you know, like if I was pretending to be Fizdale and I would talk about, yeah, you know, it's important that these guys have been competing all year. Um, so you want to, you know, walk away from the arena as a winner every once in a while. And I guess as I'm now saying it, I'm convincing myself a little bit that uh, <laughs> that does have some value. But, you know, otherwise, you know, against that Bulls team, which, you know, I thought Breen at the beginning of telecast, he made a good point. I mean, there was a lot of guys. I mean, everyone was, you know, making fun of the lineup. But, you know, this wasn't just like a lineup of deadbeats out there that was literally playing out the string. Like there was a lot of guys like playing, you know, kind of for their NBA life. Um, not to say that means they're any good, but it just means like they, it wasn't like the Bulls came in here and literally laid down. It just, you know, the talent level is not there. Well, I mean, they did have the best player on the floor, Robin Lopez. I mean, God, I don't want to get sidetracked, but he, you watch him tonight. And like for anybody who doesn't ever watch Robin Lopez, that guy, he's just such a pro. That's a that's an alternate universe I would have liked to see where that would have ended up if they never made that trade. But he, he was awesome. Um, some other Bulls were good, but... I. Like I don't know at this at this point you know Mitch you know he had another Mitch game um, career high in assists with with a grand total of four you know Knox like got comfortable on some drives and like that those things matter a little bit don't they like every little bit helps for these because they're kids they don't know any any better that these games don't yeah. matter. Yeah, I mean, like I said, I think there, there's just something about you're getting beat every single night, like I said, to just walk out of there once as a winner. And, you know, to me, tonight is the night where if this was an exhibition game, we would all be just on fire right now. Because you're thinking like Dotson, all those three-pointers, 18 points, right? Yeah. Knox, like you said, 19, and, and the rebounds. The key with him was the rebounds. He had nine rebounds. And then obviously Cornette, it's like all of – you know, all the guys that you want to see not only play well, but do certain aspects of their game, like to see Mitchell Robinson getting assists, to see, you know, Knox rebounding. Those are the things that you're looking for beyond just did they rack up points in a meaning, meaningless game. Yeah, and I'm happy you said Cornette, because um, I, I actually, of everybody, I kind of want to just talk about him for a second. Um, tied Mitchell Robinson for the team lead in block shots. I'm just seeing this. Had three blocks. I, I'm i starting to wonder if someone, if like you're, if a minimum contract is going to be enough to get him back next year. And I know, I'm sure someone will listen to this and be like, you are so deep into the forest of this next season to think that, you know, that guy is anything more than a minimum player. But like... He does a serviceable job just like being I mean he's a seven footer that knows how to be a seven footer and like not completely cluster f it up on defense he obviously he's not great, but he's fine, and then his range extends to you know to twenty eight feet like am i am I crazy for for thinking that like there may be competition for his services this summer no i mean it, it is funny because you know obviously with uh Porzingis people called him. Uh, baby KP because he did all the things that got us so excited about Porzingis, right? Yeah. Where obviously he's not quite the rim protector, but like you said, he did have three blocks tonight. He does protect the rim, you know, somewhat. Um, you know, he would be a restricted free agent, so the Knicks, um, you know, could match an offer. And obviously, I guess to your point, if there were some interest, it would get tricky because they're trying to preserve, you know, as much cap space as possible. But to me, 
you know, it, it would be nice if you could keep him on a, on a reasonable contract because you're going to have to fill out the bottom of that roster with somebody, that, you know, if, if they do get these top guys. And, you know, a seven-foot guy that can shoot threes and, you know, block a couple of shots wouldn't be a bad one at the end of your bench. Now, um, I, now I'm happy that I have you on. So how does that – if he's – so is there a – there obviously if, if he's a restricted free agent, there is some kind of a cap hold associated with him. Does that – would that need to be renounced to get to the the double max, or not that they have the, the capability right now with the guarantees? But like, how would that work? Yeah, so that's it's um, between his qualifying offer, which would be really low, I believe. I don't have the numbers right in front of me, but there would be that cap hold, whatever's the higher of his cap hold based on his. Um, you know, experience versus what his qualifying offer is. So yeah. I think it would be a couple million dollars is the point. It wouldn't be a lot. Um, but it does open so, up an interesting discussion because, like, we – like, you have the cap table on um, nicksfilmschool.com where it's like it. We, we've kind of always had these assumptions going back to the, you know, I guess midway point of the year where it's like, okay, these are the guys who will be back. And it's guys like Dennis Smith Jr. and Frank Nilakina. And like I know that I think the last table that you had up there, it was assuming that I think both Trier and Dotson they would not, um, you know, bring them back. And and it's just really interesting, even talking about a guy like Cornette and his cap hold. Like, where's the pecking order now in terms of like where the priorities are? Like between like hey. If you could get the 31st pick in the draft for Dennis Smith Jr., or not 30, it wouldn't be the 31st, 32nd, I guess, would be the Suns pick for, like, Dennis Smith Jr. or Frank versus being able to keep Cornette's minuscule cap hold. Like, these are considerate. Did we think we were going to have these discussions even, like, a month or two ago? Well, I think it's always, I mean, obviously, once they did the trade that opened up the possibility of, not just the two maxes, but the max for Durant as a 10-plus veteran, which is a little higher, you know, every penny counts depending on where that cap ends, right? Like right now it's projected at $109 million, so, you know, all of our fancy tables, it's based on that projected number if the number ends up a little higher. So you could argue if you're yeah. a Knicks fan, root in the playoffs – because <laughs> I remember this happened, was it two years ago or uh, the, or I guess last year, right? Where the Warriors swept through and the cap number actually went down a little bit because they didn't make any money over the playoffs? Was it? I'm trying to think now if it was – it was one of the last two years, but yeah. Yeah, so, you know, root for it to go up a little bit and then every cent counts. And then, yeah, you don't know, like, do are these players going to take every last cent of that max contract or would they take, you know, whatever – a million dollars less each or $800,000 less each so you can fit that one extra guy. You know, that's the type of stuff I guess they could, once you get that close, maybe you can work it out. Yeah, it's just, it's interesting because, you know, you would never would have thought guys like Kadeem Allen and like, and Cornette would would have you asking questions about that that could tie into the potential long-term viability of guys like Frank and, and Dennis Smith Jr. But um, it's interesting. It all It all ties in together. Um, I'm trying to think if there's anybody. So Dotson had obviously a very good game shooting. Nice to see him bounce back. Um, I want to talk about Robinson real quick before we finish up with with Moutier, who we just have to touch on. Um, where are you at on Mitch? Just generally, like I'm, I am starting to see. I'm, I'm like I drink Kool Aid for breakfast, lunch, and dinner with this team. 
but it has reached a new level with him. I think he's, I don't know, man. I think he's going to be a star, like a legit star in this league. Am I crazy? Well, I mean, right now it's hard to you know think otherwise of what we're seeing him do. And I think even if we took ourselves outside of the Knicks world, you know, he's he's getting noticed, out, you know, across the NBA. I mean, the, what he's doing, just shot blocking wise, like just that alone, you know, it's not a stretch to say this guy might be a generational shot blocker. And if you are elite at just one thing. Yeah. To that level, that alone is going to actually carry you into, you know, a, a career that people know you by because, you know, you always are going to know who's the most lethal three point shooter. You're always going to know who's the best dunker. You're always going to know who's the best blocker. So if he does nothing else but is just literally the best blocker in the league, you already have a, a somewhat of a star name to yourself. And then if, you know, all these uh, videos we see, it's funny because we're entering summer where it's like workout video season that I'm not looking forward to. Um, <laughs> but Mitchell Robinson, his videos, like we saw, uh, you know, the 11.50 at night on yeah. his birthday, right? He's shooting three-pointers. And the question is, does he bring that that shot eventually, you know, to the to a real game? And if he does... Yeah, I mean, there's a lot to be excited about. It's he had the the um, I forget the Bulls player, but it was basically the the shot that he blocked and then caught it himself, which I don't know. He's done that a few times this year, but the thing that that I'm more interested in, um, and I, you may remember who wrote the article. I don't. Was somebody made the point about a month or two ago that it, he could be like the next evolution of like. Um, like everybody's been looking for the big man that could switch out onto guards on the perimeter and hang with them. Well, what about the big man who could not only hang with the guards, but is actually the guy you want on the guard because um, he could block the, you know, the Curry's and the Harden's three point shots of the world. Um, and yeah, it's, um, I don't know anybody else who has that, that potential like he does. It's cool. Um, we, we deserve this, I think as Knicks fans. Um, all right, can we talk about Moutier quickly? Um, Let's do it. I, I this this guy. Okay. Um, it, do you want him back on a minimum contract next year? If you if you could have him back on a minimum contract, you saying yes? Like honestly, not not don't give me the politically correct answer because that's what I've been giving all year, and I feel like I need to cut it out. What? Where are you at? I mean, I guess I would really have to see what the the other options are at that point. I do think <laughs> that's I do think there's no because I guess I do think there is some value to the point of you know you talk a lot about what coaches add to your team, and obviously there's the X's and the O's. There's and then there's the relationship that they have, you know, with the players. And you could say the relationship is just simply like what the Knicks are doing now. Get a guy whose star players want to play with. But the other side of it is there's always, you know, one, two, you know, three guys on a roster who just play different for a certain coach. And I'm not suggesting, again, that Moutier is playing great. I mean, we saw tonight is what, like three for 12 before he got hot there in the fourth quarter and yeah. he turns the ball over and we know all the bad things he does but the point is it does seem like if there's one coach he has some connection with yeah it's 
it's Fizdale, which is why I always have thought it's possible that, you know, he would come back. And if he told me he came back on a min deal to be like the, you know, the the last guard on the bench when it's stocked full of guys and he, you know, he just comes back because he likes Fizdale, you know, whatever. But if you told me like he's coming back because he's like a key rotation player, then I think we all know the answer to that, that that's not... That's not what, you know, especially well, when you have other guards on the roster. Yeah. It's not like, oh, okay, they got nobody. They want some continuity. So bring him back and then add someone else as an improvement. And when he's like the backup, he's better. No, they, they have other guys on the roster. They should prioritize, I think, bring him back first. I, obviously. And I, I guess the question for me in relation to Moutier is because if they, if they bring him back, um, under no scenario could I imagine them bringing him back to be the starter because either you've signed a max point guard, whether it be Kyrie or Kemba or whatever, to be the starter and you're bringing him back to be the backup, or you didn't sign that max guy, in which case you're bringing Dennis Smith Jr. back to be the starter and Moody the backup. And I guess in that scenario in which they didn't get the max point guard, I would be more comfortable with it. But I just can't envision going into a season with again if the dream comes true and we get you know both guys having like in that scenario Emmanuel Moutier if you're bringing him back aren't you bringing him back to be like your backup point guard and and like the backup point guard is like really important in this league and that scares me because the, and I guess this ultimately comes down to the reason why guys like Drew Steele and and you know Schwinney over at Posting and Toasting like get on me every time I defend that possibility because he is capable of games like this where he could single-handedly like over a five or six minute stretch basically get you out of a game between what he does on, on both ends. And that's, I don't know. It's scary. Um, but I guess we'll have, we'll have the summer to deal with. It'd be, I look, if they got two max guys and they brought him back on a minimum, um, we should all be praying for, for our lucky or on our lucky stars. Um, all right. We've talked for 19 minutes almost. Anything else we should talk about with this game? With this game, no. I think. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I guess game, the only yeah. thing I'll 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 mention is that we we have been so used to, at the end of seasons, the Knicks winning a game like this and the fans <laughs> getting you know all upset that it hurts their taking chances. So I guess for people listening to this, I'll remind everyone that even with the Knicks winning tonight, um, we're recording this. The Cavs and the Suns are yet to play. One of them obviously has to win. But let's say the Cavs beat the Suns. The Suns would have to go 0 and 5, including tonight's loss, and then the Knicks would have to win three of their final five games, or only lose twice more, for the Suns to finish worse than them. So if the Suns go 0 and 5, the Knicks got to go 3 and 2 for the Suns to finish worse. Which, even though the Knicks play the Bulls one more time, I don't see them winning three out of five games. And then on the other side, it's even more extreme if Cleveland were to be the one that lost out and went 0-5. The, the Knicks, Knicks would, have would have to like win go, out, right? Yeah, go 5-0. and 0. And obviously there's a chance you could have a... I'm saying for it to be outright, you could have a tie sure, where yeah. the point flip decides it. But the point is the Knicks... If the Knicks... You know, the Suns win one more game and the Knicks just lose, you know, two more games, it's already, it's already a wrap. So you can enjoy tonight's win. Don't worry about the tank. And... <laughs> We're we're pretty soon where we don't have to hopefully worry about the tank for you know many years to come. 
Um, I think that's uh, I think that's well said, and that's that's a, and and I I do have a live update as as of this moment, Cleveland is up twenty three to twenty on Phoenix. Um, I might just. I might just go watch that game after we're done recording because I have. Um... <laughs> wow, you could. Uh, Nick's Bulls wasn't enough of. It's a full tankathon, and it's brought to you by Tankathon this night in the Macri household. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I feel like it. That would be the only proper way to bring in um, this season. Um, watching the four worst teams in, in basketball um, play each yeah, other go. on the same night. <laughs> Um, all right, so the re- I, we should also say the reason we're not going deep into anything is uh, me and you are going to do um, kind of a, a season wrap-up podcast this weekend. So um, if you're listening, stay tuned for that. Um, that'll be, yeah, at some point over the weekend in which we'll kind of give our, our end-of-season thoughts on um, many different things. Yeah, man, it's been a long time coming, but thank you for for hopping on to digest uh you know this huge win tonight really was just a big one <laughs> big big necessary that, win that's right season. win win number uh 15 and someone on twitter I, they sent a picture and tagged us that on I their saw license that. Plate, what right? is that it says win I, i'm wondering like was it like in the year 2015 they bought the car and they and they said win 15 and then it works out for tonight or did they literally buy the car, or maybe it was a bet that you know, if the Knicks won fifteen games, they got a car. Or, um, if it was they, if they bought the car in two thousand fifteen, they tagged us in the tweet. And I'm trying. If they bought the car, which was the which was the Derrick Rose year? Because that's that twenty sixteen. You'd think we would remember this. Um, yeah, I thought it was sixteen seventeen. It doesn't feel like it was that close, but I thought that's what it was. Was no, that couldn't have been only two years ago, was it? Was that disaster of a season only two seasons ago? I think I think you're right. Because um, I was going to say you could have you could have you know had a couple of drinks and talked yourself into you know you could have basically listened to Derrick Rose's super team um, you know bit and and been okay with that. Jeff, I got you back. You there? Yeah. Yeah. No, here you are. Okay, I hear you. All right. Well, I guess we should wrap up as my internet is being terrible to me. <laughs> I think that's the perfect way to end. I, I, you know what? I'm not even going to edit your call dropping because that is the perfect way to end this post game podcast in this <laughs> in this season. All right. Um, thank you for coming on. I appreciate it. Um, and uh, of course, everybody out there, if you're if you're still listening, if you're still tuning into these podcasts in this season of all seasons, and you're still listening tonight, um, go go give yourself a, a gold star um, or have a cookie or something something generous to yourselves because you deserve it. All right, we'll be back with you um, with another episode um, after the next game this week, and then this weekend, and then we're almost done. Um, everybody have a good rest of your week, and we will talk to you soon. Yeah.